0: good that's good i'm i'm kind of uh kind of at a loss for words and uh that's one of my favorite songs we had we had a music director when i first went to uh uh indiana 20 it's almost 26 years since me and my wife have been at, at uh, cornerstone baptist church there in indianapolis and i went there as a youth director and music director was putting together uh just a, a hymnal of hymns that we didn't have in our hymnal And he asked for that. he said, which one do you want? I said, the old account was settled long ago. And you should be happy about that. The the older I get, the more thankful I am for my salvation. Because I realize a lot of what God saved me from and not out of. And that I had parents that made sure I was in church. I remember one time my mom, oh. We had a, we're having a youth, youth meeting of some sort and I was just being contender. I don't know what was wrong with me. And uh, you had to say a verse before you, they let you in. I refused to learn it. My mom sat in the parking lot till I learned it would not let me get back in the car. Said, you're going in. So I learned the verse and went in. I said, I'm not going to be happy the whole time I'm here. It didn't matter. After, after a while it was, it was all right, but I'm, I'm thankful for parents um, somebody sent me an article the, uh, yesterday in Facebook that said that uh, uh, they've proved over the last 50 years that spanking had no effect on you know, and I was like, they didn't ask me, and uh, so um, you know my you know some kids say your mom beat the devil out of you, right there, yep. right there. All right, John chapter 21, if you would please. I'm I'm kind of at a loss because once I became pastor of our church. I could speak for however long I wanted, but I was courteous of people's time. And if I didn't finish a message, I'd just pick it up next week. I've been preaching through the book of Acts on Sunday night since August of last year. And I'm only at chapter 21. And, uh, and it's just getting good And uh, in that. So, but, uh, so I'm going to have to get through this. I have uh, three fishing boat stories for you tonight. The title of the message, Three Fishing Boat Stories. If you would please, let's stand together in John chapter 21. A way of introduction, because we're going to be turning to uh, about four different passages of Scripture. But here in the book of uh, John, chapter 21, uh, or uh, yeah, chapter twenty-one, verse 1 says this And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise, or in this way, showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, which were James and John, and two other disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into the ship immediately, And that night they caught nothing, nothing. And when morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered, No. And He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now... They were not able to draw for the multitude of fishes. Let's pray together. Father, pray, Lord, you bless the reading of your word, and I just pray, God, that you would just uh, speak through me tonight. Lord, help us to see, Father, that you're always trying to give us direction in your word. And, Lord, I pray that we would follow your directions. Lord, I pray that you would just bless us tonight. For we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Maybe may be seated. Now, I'm pretty sure uh, that all of us present here today know somebody who is a fisherman. Now, fishermen are really good about telling fish stories. Fishermen are known to... What's a polite word? Embellish. It's a good word. Embellish, which means to exaggerate or just to what? Lie. Okay? Uh, in that. And, uh, uh, and I have my own fishing stories. I didn't, really didn't learn to fish until after we moved here. And, uh, but I'm not going to bore you with those and then take the time to do that. Now, this evening... I have three fishing boat stories for you. Now, each one of these stories, it is Jesus, involves Jesus and His disciples. Now the Lord is trying to teach these men about His love and about His mercy and about His grace. And in each one of the stories, Jesus calls to them to give them direction for their lives. You know, anytime somebody opens up the Word of God or you open up the Word of God to do your devotions, God is always trying to give us something. And so Jesus was trying to give these men something. If you would, please turn to Luke chapter number 5. In Luke chapter number 5, we see a call to commit, a call to commit. Luke chapter number 5, starting at verse number 1. Luke chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass... That as the people pressed upon him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesareth, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And now when he had left speaking, he saith unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. If you underline in your Bible. That's a good word to underline. He said, let down your nets. It's significant. Okay? Let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the what? See the difference? He was told to let down the nets, but he only let down a net. And when uh, they uh, had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes so that their net break. And they beckoning unto their partners, which were uh, in another ship, the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down uh, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes that were taken. And also... And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus saith unto Simon, Fear not, for from hence thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So we see that as Jesus comes upon the scene, he asked for some assistance. Jesus was at the very start of his, his ministry, and he'd been preaching around, Uh, the Galilee area. Bible tells us in Luke chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 and and 44. And he came down to Capernaum and the city of Galilee and taught on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. You know, these people had been going to the synagogue. These Jews had been going to the synagogue for a long time. But there was something different about the words of this man, Jesus. And the more he preached, the more people were drawn to him. And so he had been preaching in this area. It says that he preached in the synagogues there at Galilee. And so I'm sure that the synagogues were getting too full. Now Jesus asked Simon for some assistance. Now Peter had met uh, Jesus previously and had followed him intermediately uh, at this time. Now the Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 1, it says, And one of the two which heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he findeth his own brother and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which by interpretation, a stone. He had met Jesus face to face. His brother had brought him to Jesus. And uh, and in doing so, Jesus looked at Simon and said, I'm going to make a difference in your life. And he started by changing his name. You'd say, well, what's in a name? Well, his name, Simon, meant impetuous. But Jesus said, I'm going to call you a stone. Now, it took Jesus a good three years to get Simon or Peter to the place to where he could be the rock that the other disciples were going to need, and Jesus says that upon this rock I'm going to build my church. And so Simon had met Jesus. Now Jesus had also healed Simon's mother-in-law, so he was uh, he got to see some miracles in that. If you want, look over in chapter Luke chapter number four, where we're at in verses thirty-eight through thirty-four, and uh, and it says this. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered to Simon's house, and Simon's mother, uh, uh, wife's mother, was taken. With a great fever, and they besought him for her, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now Simon Peter, this was a blessing he did not ask for, that his mother-in-law was healed. There's a joke in there you can laugh. Okay, in that, I had a great relationship with my mother-in-law, and uh, and. If she wrote me a card, she signed at t w you know what that stood for the witch and uh, in that so uh, we, we really did had a, had a great had a, had an opportunity to preach her funeral and uh, in that and uh, she was just a blessing but here uh, Simon Peter got to see his mother in law healed He got to hear Jesus Christ preach uh, look at verse forty uh, it says and when the setting uh, and when the sun was setting, all they that had sick uh, uh, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils also came out of many, uh, crying out, Thou art uh, Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they, uh, for they knew that it was Christ. And so here Simon Peter was, was witness to all of this. The disciples that were intermediately inter- intermittently following Jesus at this time, they, they saw all of this. And so when, when Jesus showed up and there was a crowd coming and he, he got into Simon's ship, it wasn't by mistake. He said, I want you to launch out just a little bit. So that meant that Simon had to be in the boat with Christ. Sometimes Jesus Christ asked us to get in the boat with him. And he doesn't tell us why. And here he was going to speak. But he, there was a blessing, if, if blessing. Obedience always brings blessing. Amen. Always brings blessing. And so here Simon Peter had fished all night long. They were washing their nets. I'm sure that he was looking forward to going home when Jesus shows up and Jesus is preaching. Now I don't know about you, how many sometimes, even though as, as, as great as a pastor you have and what a great message we heard this morning, you get tired. And you're fighting, not falling, trying not fall asleep uh, in that. And so here, uh, Simon Peter had been there all night, but Jesus was speaking. So not only see for a call of assistance, but also here we see a call for trust. Jesus instructs Peter to launch out into the deeper waters when he gets done speaking, for a draw of fish. Now Jesus specifically instructs Peter to let down his nets, but Peter reluctantly obeys by letting down just a net. Now Peter was tired. And he tells the Lord that he had already fished all night and caught nothing. But since they were already out in the boat, he'd give it a try. Now, Peter gets an unexpected blessing. Now, fishermen there in Galilee used nets, often that were bell-shaped, that had lead weights all around them, and they would take it, they would cast out this net, let it sink down, and it would entrap the fish. They would pull on a cord, it would pull those things together, and they would draw fish in. They had been doing this all night long. It was, it was work. It was toil uh, for them to do. And, uh, and so in order for them to, to, to keep things going, even though they had fished all night, they were back there on the land. The Bible tells us they were washing their nets. They were getting the seedweed out. If there were uh, tears in the net, they were repairing the nets. They were getting ready to, to, to go uh, home. But Jesus asked for, uh, for uh, some assistance and then gives him a blessing. The Bible tells us in, in verse number 7 that, uh, that he had to beckon for his friends to come and to help them bring the fish in. It says so much it just didn't fill his boat, the one net, it filled both boats to the point of them sinking. They caught their limit, right? That's what we're used to here in Colorado. They have well past their limit. But imagine the blessing that he missed by not putting out the nets. So many times when God calls us to do something, we let out a net. When God wants to fill the nets. We limit God's blessings in our life. Now, imagine if you were to go to heaven, if God was to call you home, and He was to take you to a room and to show you all the blessings that you missed out on, how you would feel. Don't limit God. And so here Peter came to some realizations. Look at verse number uh, 8. And when Peter saw it, when he saw the miracle, because after all, he had seen Jesus heal people. He had seen Jesus cast out. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, and he limited his blessings. He was ashamed of his heart condition in verse number 8. Peter was awestruck in verse number 9 at the miracle. He was astonished at the draw of the fish. Simon, asked, uh, Simon was asked to commit himself to fishing for men. Look at verse number 10. And so, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, which were part, uh, partners with Simon. And Jesus saith unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. He had to make a decision. What was he going to do? He had a good fishing business going on. He'd been feeding his family. He had partners that were there. What was he going to do? He was called for, for commitment. You know, sometimes God calls us to commit to Him. He asks us to do something for Him. Well, we do what they did. Look at verse number 11. It says that when they brought their ships uh, to land, they, John, James, Simon, most likely Andrew, who brought his brother, these four men forsook. They yielded up. They gave up all. That word all means absolutely everything. And then it says, and followed, they accompanied, they went in the same way with Jesus. They were no longer part-time disciples, but full-time disciples. In this fishing story, they were called to commit, and they did. Turn to Mark, if you would, please, chapter number four. Mark chapter number four, we see these men out again. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I'm going to read a couple of other verses to you. Uh, I know that uh, Brother Bliss, right, taught Sunday school this morning? Okay. And uh, he said, have you ever, you know, went to go study something and then you got that aha moment in there? And uh, this happened to me uh, yesterday when I was going back over this. Look, look at verse number one. Just, just follow with me. It says, And he began to teach by the seaside, and there were gathered unto him a great multitude so that they entered into a ship and sat uh, in the sea, and the whole multitude was, by the, was uh, by the sea on the land. And he taught them many uh, things by parables, and said unto them uh, in his doctrine. And then he just kind of goes through here, uh, telling you all the different things that Jesus had taught. Look down at verse number 33. and says, and with, and with many such parables spake he unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded. Or everything that he had just taught that the disciples didn't understand, they got a one-on-one teaching lesson. Now, I've never put the two and two together when I've I've read this. uh, But then it says right after that, and the same day. So here they had just had... Uh, Bible college class whatever you want to call it one on one with the different things that Jesus was uh, trying to teach them about faith and so they were fresh coming fresh right off the lesson so with that in mind look at verse 35 And the same day when even was come he said unto them let us pass over unto the other side now Jesus is giving them a call to follow It says when he entered the ship his disciples followed him and uh, uh uh, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. So they were all in the ship with him at this time. And Jesus instructed his disciples to follow him into the boat so that they could go to the other side of Galilee. It says, He, Jesus, said unto him, The disciples, let us pass over to the other side. It wasn't a maybe, it wasn't a hope so. I hope we get to the other side statement. Does it sound that way? Hey, let's get in the boat and if we're lucky, we'll get to the other side. He said, No. We're going to the other side. He said, we will pass over to the other side. This was a fact that they would pass across the Sea of Galilee. However, He never promised them a smooth trip. Now, when God calls us to do something for Him, He doesn't promise us that it's going to be easy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we have trouble that comes along with it. The disciples were thinking, hey... This is going to be a nice little cruise. It's going to go easy. I remember one time uh, uh, when I was on the uh, what was it, the USS Inchon. Worst ship in the Navy. These uh, man, it was terrible for for, uh, for Marines and uh, their corpsmen to ride on, because their captain didn't like the, the fact that his ship. That's what their job was: was to carry the United States Marine Corps somewhere, and uh, it was just terrible. We didn't have a good relationship with them. To add on top of that. As soon as we set sail out of North Carolina, a boiler went out. So we had to pull into Norfolk. Well, I was excited. I'd never pulled into Norfolk before. Even though I was in the Navy, I was a hospital corpsman. I spent all my time with the Marines. And so I thought, I'm going to get to do something my dad did. And it's going to take time to fix. Hey, guess what? My parents were living in uh, Virginia Beach at that time. So I got to go and see my dad. My wife got to come and see me. It was great. But there was one problem. There was a hurricane coming. So they had to fix it in a hurry. And they put us right back on that ship and sent us out to where we were going. We were going up to Norway in a combined armed forces exercise. Guess what followed us all the way to Norway? The hurricane. It was a miserable time to be on a ship. It was terrible. And so I can kind of understand what they, these guys were getting ready to go through. Look at verse 36. It says that when they had sent away the multitude, he took them, and even they were in the ship, and there were also other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and waves, and they beat unto the ship. And so now it was full. There was a problem there. There was a problem. Jesus and his disciples were, were, were aboard this ship, and, uh, and there were other ships that were following them. But then you see the disciples, there, uh, they, they get panicky. Now, the disciples were what? By trade. And guess where they fished? The Sea of Galilee. It wasn't like they hadn't been in a storm before. But there was something about this storm. If you've ever had the privilege of going over to Israel, you would see that Lake Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee is a great big long lake surrounded by mountains. and In the northern part of it, there's a valley that uh, comes through from the ocean, and, and, and as they were uh, telling us that the winds would whip through there, and as they come around those mountains and the winds would start whipping around, you can get into some pretty uh, big waves out on that little lake. Not good. Not good at all. And so here they were in the midst of a storm. And the Bible tells in verse number 38, it says, and he, was, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Who was he? It was Jesus. And they awake him, and they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? You see a call for help. See, the Sea of Galilee is 680 feet below sea level, surrounded by hills, as I said. This storm was something special. It was was no ordinary storm to these professional uh, fishermen. It says that it was a great storm of wind. The word great there is exceeding, and a whirlwind or a squall. And the Bible tells us that the waves beat upon the ship, which meant that they were breaking over the sides. How many people know if you get too much water in a boat, it's not a good thing? Anybody ever been like that? Me and my wife decided on our first anniversary that we were going to go camping we bought a little two-man tent. We had a little hibachi grill. We just, uh, you know, we really thought we'd be prepared for this. Well, we also, and in celebrating our first anniversary, she kept getting sick in the morning. How many people know what that means? Okay. And uh, uh, so she was getting, she was experiencing morning sickness while we were there. Well, we decided, let's rent a little boat. Hey, this will be fun. And uh, so we rented a boat, went out on this, this lake, and the little boat ran out of gas, There was no gas to be had. Then guess what God sent? He sent a storm. We're out in the middle of this lake in a storm. But then He also sent us rescue in that. Amen? And uh, somebody towed us back in. Uh, It wasn't quite what they were going through, but it was concerning. Very concerning. And so, because there was more water coming in the boat than we could get out. Uh, And that's the reason I was telling you that. Now, these men had now followed Jesus full time. And uh, had been walking with Him. But you know what they began doubting? They began doubting His word. Jesus told them that they were going to pass over to the other side. Jesus told the Apostle Paul, Hey, you're going to Rome. What happened to one of the boats that Paul was on? It broke in pieces. Ended up on an island. He still got to Rome. But here they were concerned. Was Jesus concerned about the storm? No. Why? He is asleep. Where was he? In the boat. He was in the boat with them. So many times we forget when God allows storms to come into our lives that he is in the boat with us. And they come and they ask him something very strange. He says, carest thou not that we perish? That word cares there means to be of interest or concern. Don't you care? You ever said that to God? You ever said it to Him? In the midst of your trial, don't you care? I mean, come on! Why do I have to go through this? If I can make it through this year, it'll be the first year in the last three years I haven't had to have surgery. had major back surgery three years ago. Had, I think, left knee surgery two years ago, right knee surgery last December. I'm praying I make it through. And ask me what I did, I can't tell you. I have no idea. I was running, and they said, you can't run no more. So I walked, and I walked myself into two knee surgeries. It gets kind of frustrating, especially being a new pastor of a church. And on top of that, other problems come. And I'm no Superman. If I was to take my shirt off, you won't see an S (laughs) here. And there were times I was asking God, what in the world are you thinking? You ever been there? Carest thou not? And these men said, you're you're not just not only concerned, but he says, if something doesn't happen, we're going to perish. We're going to be totally destroyed. They forgot that in the midst of the storm, God's word hadn't changed. His word hadn't changed. They were still on their way to the other side. And they forgot that Jesus was in the boat for them, with them. But then we see this, a call for calm. The Bible tells us here in verse number 39 that he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. I have no doubt in my mind as God talked to his creation that it wasn't a, a calming down of, it was an immediate calm. Jesus said, peace, told the wind to knock it off and the sea be still. Not all the time will God answer your prayers that way. Sometimes He has to let you go through the fire. He has to let you go through the storm. Now Jesus was disappointed. Look at verse number 40. And He said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no he had just taught them. He had just brought them through. They had seen the miracles. They should have never doubted His word, but they did. But in the midst of their storm, when they called out, He gave them calm. He gave them calm. When we're in the midst of a storm, best I could tell you is to keep calm and cross over. Keep calm and cross over. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. So we see a call for commitment. We see a call to the, for the disciples in the midst of their storm. Go back to John chapter 21. Then we see a call for them to cast. A call for them to cast. I got new glasses. It's not helping me. How much time do I have left? Our sound guys, I told them I couldn't see the clock in the back of our church. So on the back thing, they put a clock. So every time I get up to preach, a big clock appears up there. And uh, I told them, if you put a countdown thing on there, you're going to be in trouble. And uh, I don't care to see the time. Okay. All right. We've already read here in John chapter 21. And... uh, uh, about uh, some things that were going on, we see the disciples uh, were uh, there by the Sea of Galilee, and uh, and they were returning to their old life. Now they were instructed on resurrection morning by the angel at the church or at the tomb. Excuse me, had instructed the women to tell them, go quickly and tell the disciples that he was risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in Galilee, and ye shall see him. And lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and with great joy. And he did run to bring the disciples word. And while they were on their way, we are told in Matthew chapter 28 verse 10 uh, that Jesus had told the women, "Be not afraid, but go tell my brethren that they uh, that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me." And even before his crucifixion, Jesus told uh, His disciples this in Matthew 26, verses 31 through 32, and ye shall uh, be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Now, the disciples did scatter uh, the night that Jesus was arrested. The Bible tells us in Matthew 26, it says, and all the disciples forsook Him and they fled. And uh, Peter would go on to deny Jesus, just as he said. <coughs> and he said, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, this night before the cock crow, that thou shalt deny me thrice." Now the disciples did not believe the women, and uh, in their report. And uh, uh, after uh, uh, after the resurrection, and of uh, that Jesus was alive. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 24 and verses 11 through 12 says, "And their words seemed to be as idle tales, and they believed them not." Then arose Peter, and he ran to the sepulcher, and stooping down, beheld the linen uh, uh, clothes where they laid, and departed, and wondering in himself at, what, uh, at that which was come to pass. Now, it took Jesus physically appearing to his disciples in the upper room to get them to believe that he was alive. And so now that these men know that he's alive, seven of the disciples go back to Galilee. And as they are there, Peter decides that he's going to go back fishing. Now, why would he pick that? Well, was he returning to his old life as a fisherman? Was Peter just occupying his time until the, see the, uh, to, to the Lord was on his move? I just think that, that they, Peter, out of all of them, if you think about it, he had denied Christ openly, and he probably felt like a failure. He had gone back up to Galilee, a place that he knew, and now he, as he was waiting, he says, you know what, I think I'm just going to go back to fishing. I was good at that at one time. You know, sometimes in living the Christian life when things aren't going smoothly, we think, you know what, it wasn't this bad when I was a sinner. It wasn't this bad. Man, I, I just don't know. And so Peter makes a decision, and his decision affects the lives of six other men. They decide to follow their leader and they head out on the lake with Peter. as a little child's song goes, they fished all night and they caught no fishes. How frustrating that must have been to them. Have you ever just been down and no matter what you tried, everything just kept failing? You can imagine how they must have felt. And here they'd been up all night long, again, fishing, and they caught nothing. Again, and all of a sudden, they see a stranger on the shoreline. Look with me at verse number uh, uh, number five. And Jesus says unto them, and they don't know it's him, Children, have ye any meat? Now, this phrase, when he calls them children, is not a derog- derogatory statement. It's actually an affectionate greeting to them. And he calls out to them, and, uh, and he gives them some instruction. He says, do you have any meat? And they say, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. Now, why the right side of the ship? Well, maybe it was nearest to the shoreline and uh, where it was less probability that they would catch fish. But, you know, they, they had fished all night. And now somebody's telling them, hey, well, maybe they saw a school of fish in that area. Maybe he had been up praying or walking the shoreline. And so they thought, well, you know, let's give it a try. Regardless of what it was, Jesus gave them instruction. And like I said earlier, obedience brings blessing. Obedience brings blessing. We have a Christian school at our church. And every once in a while, I'll just put some M&Ms in my pocket because I love M&Ms. Somebody wore an M&M jacket in today. It was super cool. And I have all kinds of m and m stuff in my office and places around. But all the kids know that. They know I keep a jar of M&M's in my office. If they ever have to come in there when they're good, they get to get some. Plus, my four grandkids go there, so they know if Papa hands them to them, they get a lot more. But every once in a while, I'll see some kids doing something good, and I'll just walk up to them, and I'll hand them a little bag of M&M's and remind them that obedience brings blessing. I'll do it, don't do it all the time. They just never know. And sometimes God just really blesses us. And so here they decide, you know what? We're going to do, do that. Look with me. And it says this, and they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw for the multitude of fishes. Look at verse number 17. The disciples are getting ready to have an aha moment. Look at verse number 7, I mean. Therefore, the, the, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher coat upon him for he was naked and he did cast himself into the sea. He was very impetuous. I think out of all the disciples that were there, he knew. Now was he jumping off the boat saying, hey, I wasn't on the boat with these guys. I was just out here. No, he wanted to get to the Lord in a hurry. He wanted to get to the Lord in a hurry. Obedience brings blessings. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, for they were about uh, 200 uh, cubits, or I think I figured out to be about 100 yards away, dragging the net of fishes. And soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid there and bread. And Jesus said unto them, and get this, bring of the fish which ye have what? Now caught. Why did they catch fish now? He, yes, he did provide, but why did they catch? Obedience brings blessing. They were obedient. He said, because you followed my word, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you blessing. And then you see him, a call, a fellow, a call for them to return to fellowship to Christ. And so they bring the fish. And Peter went up, verse number 11, and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three, and for all that uh, were so many, and yet, uh, excuse me, not the net broke, was broken, or broken. And Jesus said unto them, Come and dine, and none of them durst, asked him, or dared ask him, uh, who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? And Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth it to them and fish likewise. Now this was the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Notice that Jesus serves them. He served them but he served them back into fellowship with him. He said, fellas, I accept you in the condition that you're in. He says, but I need you to follow me. And then in verses 15 through 19, we won't take the time to to read it, but Jesus restores Peter specifically back to fellowship and leadership in front of the other disciples. Tells us there in verses 15 through 17 that three times Jesus asked Peter, in front of the disciples, "Lovest thou me?" More than these?" Peter gets a little frustrated the third time. He says, "Yea, Lord, you know that I love you." And Jesus gave him direction, "I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my sheep." Everybody knew that Peter was a leader. and Jesus knew that he needed to have some restoration in his life. He needed some love. He needed some mercy and he needed some grace. And Jesus bestowed it upon him. And then he really truly wanted to see if he was going to follow him. Look at verse number 18. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and they... And carry thee whether thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Peter had to make a choice. He said, Peter, you're going to die a very horrible death if you follow me. But I want you to follow me. And you know what Peter did? He followed him. Before, he denied him because he was afraid of dying. But now, being told that he was going to die a horrible death and he didn't know when it was going to be, he still followed Jesus. I don't know where you're at in your walk and in your life. But Jesus calls out to us. You know, these disciples went from being part-timers to full-timers. Were human just like we were and got scared in the midst of a storm. And when they thought they had lost their, their Savior, they came back to Him. And to a man, all of them stood for Christ. And we're martyred for it. I don't know what God has for your life. I know what he has for mine. And as long as I follow his will. And as long as I follow his word. God will continue to bless. Because obedience brings blessing. Tonight God may be knocking on your heart's door. Asking you to do something for him. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Maybe you've been fighting that. You've been having doubts and fears about your salvation. Why not let somebody take the Word of God and show you how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because that's what He desires. That's what He had with each one of these men. He had a relationship. Or maybe you're here and you are saved but your heart is in a backslidden condition. Maybe when you read the word of God, you feel God pulling on your heartstrings. And you can admit like Simon Peter and say, I'm a sinful man. If you've accepted Christ as Savior, He never promised that life would be easy. I've been at my church for 26 years. And the roughest ones that I've had have been the last two. It's tough. And Satan is always telling pastors, you're doing a terrible job. And he'll send people along the way to tell you the same thing. (laughs) But you know what? If God has called you, you need to stick it out persevere i don't know what god's called you to do but whatever it is do it to the best of your ability let's stand